Hello and welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, streaming live from Queens, New York. We're really glad that you decided to join us today. Whether you're a member, attend regularly, or this is your first time with us, we want to let you know we appreciate you. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Good morning, Journey Church. How are you feeling out there today? Wow, God bless each and every one of you. Uh, for being here today. We're just so excited uh, to just worship God together. We're going to be talking about that today. In the event we have not met, uh, my name is Rob Wright. I'm one of the members here at The Journey. Uh, one of the things I get to serve and do is to be your director of community service and outreach, just to reach other people out there and tell them about the good news of Jesus Christ, even if their circumstances may not be exactly where they want it to be at that particular point in their life. And we're just so thankful because we have the opportunity to share that good news with uh, various people um, that are out there. But we also, today, I have the, the opportunity to share some extremely good good news with you. You know, I mentioned this pretty briefly last week, uh, but last week on Father's Day was actually my 11th uh, anniversary for being at The Journey. It has been such an amazing time spending time with all of you, my church family. You've made such a difference in my life. You've made a difference in my family's life. And I just got to say, I thank you for all of that. And it was so funny how it started. Um, so when I was young, when I was a teenager, I remember going to uh, this small church uh, that had a very, very uh, long name, uh, Divine Guidance Time Local Faith Church Incorporated, right? <laughs> and uh, I, I just learned about God at that age. And my, my kids were turning into teenagers at that point in time. Um, I have three kids, Tania, Ariana, and Jason. I said, hey, you know, maybe they can uh, spare themselves some of the craziness that happens during the teenage years um, if they're just in a church where they can get engaged or where they can get involved. So uh, a lot of you know, um, I have a background in like uh, technology and in business and things like that. So I created this mad scientist Google search string that, I mean, you literally have to know like how Google works to make it work. It was long, y'all. It was ridiculous. And two things came up. One was a broken link that I couldn't get to, and the second link was the journey. So I'm like, okay, uh, so what would a, a good a crazy computer scientist dude uh, do? Well, I said, let's read every single thing that's on the website. Let's see what the statement of beliefs are, and let's go ahead and play like 15 messages and just make sure this is the right place for my kids. Uh, so I'm, I'm one of those over-preparers in a, a great degree, and I was just so thankful. So it's Father's Day. It's June 2011, and uh, June 2011. And uh, I'm going to church, and I'm just driving down the Grand Central Parkway. Um, live about, should be 15 minutes away, but I drive fast, so I get here in 7. And I made the wrong turn on Jewel Avenue. And it's like, oh, okay, so you got to loop around. And you, if you drive, you kind of know you got to do an extra mile to do that. And I just wanted to get here on time so that all those fun journey people can greet my kids with candy in the morning like they greet all your kids with candy in the morning, right? And it was so interesting. I just turned on uh, the radio out of a little bit of habit because I would just play whatever tunes to help me to calm down and to drive a little bit faster. And I remember the popular song that year in June of 2011 was uh, Rolling in the Deep. Any Adele fans out there? couple of Adele fans, she could sing, I can't sing like Joanna, I cannot sing like Adele, I'm not singing that song to y'all, they don't let me sing in the journey, I promise you that. But, you know, I'm there, and I'm playing the song, Rolling in the Deep, and it's on the radio, it was like number one for like five different weeks. I think it was number one at that time for seven weeks, if I remember that correctly. Uh, my, my son, he was like, oh, I wish Grenade was playing by Bruno Mars, because that was the number one song in January. Any Bruno Mars fans out there? Uh, we were doing that karaoke night. We'll talk about that a little bit later, too. Uh, but it, it was just so amazing. Like, I, I can't sing those words, but it, it just came to my mind. And have you ever had a song that's just been stuck in your head? You, you can't get it out. You're like, how did that happen? 
I tell you how it happens. When you have a top tune, I don't care if it's uh, like Phil Wickham, like half the songs we're singing here at The Journey, or it's uh, something else that's a pop tune, they're playing that every single hour on the radio. And it's just seeping into your brain. You're hearing it again and again. No matter what station you're on, that top song is going to play, and it's going to get into your brain. So again, the mad scientist in me says, well, why does this happen? What happens is anything that you hear repeatedly gets burned and etched into your memory. Anything you read repeatedly gets burned and etched into your memories. I think the scientific fact is that if you do something 32 times, you will have an inability to forget it. It's kind of weird, right? Um, the, the technical term for that is that you form a synapse. It's kind of like think of a handshake in your brain, and it just forms that, that bond. And you probably heard, hey, do something for 21 days, you form a habit. Well, that's when the habit is brand new, and it's a weak synaptic bond. Well, if you do it 32 times, you just keep on doing it, it's like a strong handshake, like that firm grip when you meet someone and say hello for the first time, right? So I, I had that bond. It was from like that song for Adele. And you know, it was strange because I thought that you know maybe I'm just weird or you know maybe that science works for some people, but we did a family karaoke night uh, that I'm thankful the kids did not record because I, I wasn't doing great. But two of my kids, uh, Jason and Ariana, they were actually singing a song in Japanese. Now that freaked me out just a little bit. I'm like, how do you know these words? Well, they both play a particular video game, and during a critical part of the game when you're about to win uh, a section, that is the song that is playing. Now, I know Ariana, she went to school with Sandra, uh, who you see doing all the slides in the background, uh, in high school, and she learned Japanese, but my, my son does not like languages. He's a math and science guy like me. I'm like, how do you know this song in Japanese? They play it again and again and again. Kind of like, you ever watch your kids play video games, they just know like all the buttons to press, and you're like, how did you do that? on the screen, anyone can relate to that? Parents, someone with nephew, you know, it's so weird because I went through the same thing when I was their age. I remember, uh, you're about to find out how old I am, actually, I cut off all my gray hair this morning, um, but I remember there was a song called Rapper's Delight. Is anyone old enough to know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Okay, a few of y'all, right? And I wanted to learn the beginning of this song, and I was gonna ask Brian, uh, our bass player, to play it, but we probably get flagged on YouTube for doing it, so I won't do the do do doom doom doom. But you know, the first words don't even make sense. It says a hip hop, a hibbit, the hibbit, hip hip hop. You don't stop rock to the bang bang boogie, say hop jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie the beat. That's a 30-year-old song. It's burned into my memory. Here's the funny thing too. There's 3,000 words in that song. I know all the words. We don't have time to do that right now. The long version is 15 minutes. There's two versions of that. But that's how things get formed inside your memory. You know, so when I think about all this stuff that I'm doing with my family, with, with music and with words, and, you know, I just look at the people in the Bible. You know, we are going to talk about habits today. I had a habit that day. I turned on a radio. And, you know, I'm very sure that if you look at the people in the Bible, they knew nothing about forming a strong or weak synaptic bond in the brain. They didn't have MRI scans. But what they did know is that if you teach something to a child, they're going to learn it. Kind of like you teach the ABCs. ABC, you know, you can all recite that. Or maybe if you take them to church really early, you might teach them a verse or two or just something to remember, like the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, in Psalms 23, right? There's all these things we, we try to burn into our memories. And, you know, it's so easy to do that when you're young. But adults, is it a little bit harder as you get older? Just a little bit, right? Just a little bit, right? 
And that's why I admire the early church. And that's why I'm so excited about what Pastor Anthony and Pastor Bobby have been teaching during all these weeks for the book of Acts. Because what they're trying to do is take some people that were far from God, that just found out about that good news of Jesus Christ, and teach them some really great habits. And, you know, the good news is that Jesus Christ offers salvation to those that would believe in him. And that was so brand new, right? It didn't matter what you did in the past, right? Which is different. People normally paid penance for all their sins. It didn't matter what your status was in life. You know, if, if you were um, slave or free, citizen or not, and which, which group you came from, whether you were a rich or poor, how much money you make, it did not make a difference. All that mattered and all that strictly matters is that you believe in Jesus Christ. Church, can you just turn to your neighbor and say, that's good news? That's good news. It, it doesn't matter where you came from. It just matters that you really care about believing in Jesus. But then it, it brings up a new question as an adult. But now what? Right? Like, what on earth am I here for? What would God like us to do? Jesus summarized it for us. It sounds pretty easy, right? Love God and love his people. How do you do that? How do you do that? How do you learn to develop those habits, right? And when you look at the book of Acts, I hope you've been reading it along with us. We're really talking about getting those habits. Or when we talk about taking next steps at the journey, what we're talking about is taking those next steps to form really good habits in your spiritual journey. They'll form that foundation for you and will also help others. And the summer is here. Was it hot enough for you yesterday, by the way? Anyone wants a few more 90 degree days? few of you, right? My kids think I'm crazy. I love it when it's hot. My family's from Central America. Forgive me. I love the heat. But I got to tell you, this summer, I think we have a strong opportunity as uh, the summer starts to uh, roll in just to form some amazing habits. So I want to give you three tools, right? I want to give you three things that we can do together as a church family to form really good habits. I believe it's not just going to help us that are here today and those of us that are there on the internet uh, listening to the sound of, of my voice, but I really believe it's going to help the people that God places into your life and puts around you. Do you believe God can do that? Do you believe he can use you if you just form those good habits? All right, I want to talk about three. I want to keep it as simple as possible, and I want to start with a, a, a bare-bone basic one. You know, the, the first habit that I'd like us to all form together is to read our Bible, okay? It's like reading my Bible. It is so important. What is the Bible? Just in case, you know, maybe you're, you're newer to the faith or you just saw an orange sign outside and you said, hey, let's go into the movie theater and see if they have coffee and a teaching message today, right? <laughs> the Bible is a book of patterns and principles that you can live by to experience God's best in your life, right? That's, that's what it is. You know, sometimes it's referred to as God's love letter to us, but it's the first answer to the question, now what should I do? And it's the, the question that everyone had back in the book of Acts because we're talking about adults that were about to learn new habits. The way I like to think of it, maybe in a modern context, it's like a driving manual. And I think that's important. It's going to tell you a lot about what's ahead on the road that you're traveling. It might tell you to speed up sometimes. It might tell you to slow down sometime. Uh, but it's really important uh, to follow what's on those signs so that you don't crash. It's not like, you know, uh, red means go and green means stop. We need to follow some common set of rules together so that we can go ahead and be safe in society. And that's what the Bible gives. It gives us that pattern. Maybe there's some other things you could do. You could run a stop sign if you want to. I don't recommend that. But it's there to keep us safe and show us what to do. And just like, you know, in 
uh, those times, we have to know what to do, but they, they didn't have a library. We didn't invent the library system until the turn of the 20th century, like 100 years ago. So they had to go and memorize uh, verses, and to this day, what they do is they teach it to children, they teach it to adults, and you would find people in Jerusalem go to the Wailing Wall reciting some of the verses from the Bible, right? It's just something that people have done in tradition, but it's there to teach us some things. One of those, uh, the, the longest chapter in the Bible is actually uh, Psalms 119. Now, for all you Bible scholars out there, the way Psalms 119 is organized, it uses uh, the letters of the Hebrew alphabet, and each section has like the equivalent of A inside of uh, our alphabet, B, and then there's like something that you read, and it, it's a poem, but it's also a prayer, and it's a plea to God that can help us guide our lives. So I want to read to you Psalms 119, verses 9 through 11, and I really love this verse, right? It says, how can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I've tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Funny enough, um, I was talking about Rapper's Delight, there's 3,000 words. Psalm 19 has 2,500 words, and I'm embarrassed to say I don't have that one memorized, but a hip-hop, a habit, right? Um, but it's something that if you take each section, you have the chance to read it. And I just love what it says because it's a prayer of a person that wants to do good by partnering with God, right? It says, I've tried hard to find you. Now, Think about it. You know, we came to wherever we happen to be at this point in our life. And I don't know what your life journey has been like. Maybe, you know, it was easy to get to exactly where we are today or possibly in your, it could be a struggle, right? Um, is there some lesson that you learned from somebody else's experience or did you learn things the hard way? There were some really like hard-headed uh, times where I just beat my head against the wall because it hurt and I wanted to keep hurting. I don't know if that's you, but that's what happened to me sometime. You know, and after all that joy and pain, you know, the, the, the request is like, God, you know, don't let me wander from your commands. It's a plea to say, God, partner with me, partner with me. And, you know, for me, it started with the Google search, but I had to do something. I had to follow up. I had to take some action after that. And, you know, what it talks about in the rest of the verse is hiding the word in your heart. Hiding the word in your heart is not just reading the Bible once, but starting to memorize some passages. Maybe it's reading it more than once. I know many times we think of these Bible reading plans. Oh, I'm going to finish the Bible in a year. I could just do three chapters a day. Hey, maybe we, we just slow it down a little bit and get that word in our heart. It's not whether you finished it. It's whether the word was written unto your heart because he promised us if you read his word and commit it to your heart, he's going to bring it back to your remembrance when you need that to happen, right? It's so important, but you have to put it in first. If not, how do you know how to identify all those signs on the road? It'd be very difficult, right? And it also tells us what his word is good for. And it talks about that in 2 Timothy uh, 3, verses 16 through 17. In fact, what it says is, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people for every good work. Now, Honestly, if y'all have a Bible, break it out and break out your highlighter. If you don't have a Bible, please download like version. It's on the Apple App Store, it's in the Google Play Store. Get a Bible on your phone, but do me a favor. Just go ahead and triple asterisk, highlight, put in bold verse 17, where it says God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Why are we here, church? We're here to do God's work. 
He asks us to be that salt of the earth, to be those uh, people out there that are listening to him, to go out and do the things he will put before us to go ahead and do. And we don't know what that work is or when that work would present itself. I promised you, when they were handing candy to my children, I did not see myself doing this today. I can promise you that, okay? And you know, it's a quick story of how it all really began. So uh, one of the things that you heard Pedro talk about is joining one of the teams. And uh, the team that I was looking at, just because I love electronics, uh, was uh, the worship arts team, but I was a little bit tired, I was gonna go home, and they had this thing called a worship arts reception where they would talk a little bit about you know, how you get trained in it. Kind of like Matthew, right? Matthew today is doing the lights for the first time. Give Matthew a hand if you can, please, right? Very first time he learned how to set this stuff up with, with Mal and with Sandra and you know just so that we, we could have a service you could see me and you could see me online. And you know, it was so funny. There was somebody named Elizabeth who was sitting at a desk and she had this small trash can by her feet. And it was full and it was overflowing, and someone put something else on top and it just fell over. I'm like, huh. Now, just like the theater, I mean, there are big garbage cans that's like half my height, I'm six feet tall. Why is this little garbage can by this young lady's feet? And, and why is it overflowing? And it bothered me, it really did. I said, you know what, you know what I could really do? Maybe they just need a little bit of extra help, I could take out the trash. You know, don't worry about the electronics, maybe I clean a couple of things. And that's how I got started doing stuff at the journey. Now, wind it back, go fast forward to today. And God, why did you make me in such a way that trash by someone's feet would bother me versus me just walking by and ignoring it? God knew what he was doing. And you know, why did they use that garbage? I mean, come on, big garbage can, little garbage can. Oh, let's throw it in that one so it could fall off. No, God knew what he was doing. And I would have to say, and, and trust me, I'm not trying to spiritualize the trash, okay? <laughs> but God knew that would bother me and would cause me to move forward and do some action. Now, that was God's plan for me. I promise you, church, God has a plan for you. If you just prepare yourself for the opportunities by going ahead and reading his word, right? He, he said, hey, you know, let's go out there and help each other. And he said, love God, love people. I want to show some love by taking out the trash. I don't know how it's going to present itself, but I promise you it has a plan for you. The thing I want you to take away is that reading the Bible is going to give us direct access to prayers and experiences and the examples of other people that have gone before us. We don't have to learn from our own experiences. We can learn from the example that Jesus Christ has set before us by reading the Bible. But we have to open that book, we have to read it, we have to commit those words to our heart for that to go forward, for God to be able to use us in that way. Does that first actionable step make sense, church? Reading the Bible. All right, let's talk about the second one. The second thing that we can do is we can worship together with our spiritual family. We can show up and worship with our spiritual family. It's all about praising God together. You know, wasn't it fantastic just like singing those songs uh, to the Lord earlier today? And God bless you for just stepping in, Joanna, and doing that, uh, and as well as the rest of the band. But it's just a matter of us having the chance to give. Many times, you know, when we're, we're younger in our faith, we, we come to church to learn. We come to receive. We come to, to get all these things. But there really is a point where you have to say, okay, what am I here to do? I'm here to praise God. Despite what the circumstance might be, despite what the day might be, despite me getting you know, lost on Jewel Avenue, having to come back down on 108th you know, to, to get to this movie theater and you love parking right at 1030, right? <laughs> at all cases, it's an opportunity where we can go ahead and worship together and praise God for what he is doing. We get to lift up our voices together in song. We get to lift up our voices and pray. And it, it forms community for our church. It's how we become the body of Christ together. Because we were never meant to be alone. 
I can't find an example in the Bible or in actual history where anyone did something all by themselves. They normally go crazy when they're all by themselves. So we're not meant to do life alone. We're always going to be stronger together. So it's really important to be around people, though, that have God as their number one priority. If we don't do that, then you know maybe we're getting some mixed messages, and it becomes different uh, for all of us. But we can form good habits if we're around others uh, when we're like reading the Bible together and worshiping together. We get to learn from those experiences, and we get to be encouraged. And it was so important for the early church to do that, because remember, we're talking about adults that had other habits that may not be uh, God's best plan for them, right? But they were learning habits together. So what it says in Acts, again, we're studying the book, uh, of Acts uh, in our beginning series, it was Acts 2.42. Right at the beginning, it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. You know, and again, if you've downloaded that Bible, go ahead and like just highlight the word fellowship for me, right? It's being together. It's assembling together, like God says, so we can interact with one another and experience God's presence with each other, right? Kind of like last week, right? Uh, were a few of y'all here for the child dedication ceremony? Wasn't that beautiful? Yeah. You know, we made a commitment as a church to say, hey, parents, you don't have to raise those kids all by yourself. We're going to do our best to be examples that even if the kids are, are looking at you, not looking at you, we're going to try to be those examples to just help in the journey because we could all be stronger together in doing this. You know, And you don't have to be everything for that child. How hard is it to be everything for someone? It's impossible. Only God can be everything. But it takes all of us together. Right? And as a church body, we all have different parts of play. I certainly couldn't sing like Joanne did today. I, I can't. I don't have that skill. Right? But, but she did a phenomenal job, as did the rest of the band. Uh, there, there's some other things that maybe each of us can do if we take those talents and gifts that God put inside of us and we get a chance to use it. Right? Maybe it's just being that person that's attending service where uh, that, that parent or someone else inside of our church body can ask you a question about your experiences that I don't have, that Pastor Anthony doesn't have, that Pastor Bobby doesn't have. We're all here for each other, and we need to take those experiences and do something uh, with it and share it with one another. Because guess what? My life isn't perfect as yours. It, it, someone said no, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's, it's, it can be rough sometimes. And, you know, I, I don't know. There, there's times we just have to carry uh, each other because there's times, like, we feel weak, right? And, and sometimes it's really hard to find that joy in the midst of what's going on. But God will offer you that encouragement. You may recall Pastor Bobby was talking about Paul and Silas two weeks ago. And, and just to give a backstory, in case you weren't here, a quick recap. What they were doing is they were doing God's work in a particular city where they were just spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. All you have to do is believe in him and you will be saved. Okay, well, uh, there was someone afflicted by an evil spirit and people were taking advantage of the evil spirit and Paul just cast that evil spirit out. And then she was very thankful, but the people that were taking advantage of this young lady, um, they weren't very happy. So they complained to the officials and Paul and Silas got thrown in jail for doing this good deed. Now, I got to tell you, there's people that I know that are in jail that I am actively praying for. Jail is not a fun place now, and it definitely wasn't a fun place over 2,000 years ago, right? But they were thrown in jail, and uh, it's a tough spot. But what is it that Paul and Silas chose to do? Pastor Bobby went over this with us, but I'm going to read one of those verses again. It's from Acts 16, verse 25. It says, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. 
Uh, I don't know. I don't think if I was behind bars in chains, I would be in a singing mood. But that's why I say the Bible is a book of patterns and principles so we could experience God's best for our lives. Because what happens is the other prisoners, they were listening, and God created a miracle, and the chains fell off, and they were set free. But this flipped out the jailer who was responsible for all these prisoners. Think of a prison warden, and now all your prisoners might possibly have ran free. So, I mean, the guy was about to kill himself. And then Paul said, stop, don't do that. And he witnessed a miracle. He witnessed God's might. And you know what that jailer said? He said, Paul, you know, what must I do to be saved? Simple question, right? The answer that Paul told him was believe in the Lord Jesus. That's all he had to do. All he had to do was believe. All you have to do is believe and you will be saved. It's that simple, right? It wasn't just the jailer. The jailer, yes, he was saved, but he took that message back to his household and every member of his household was saved. If, if there was some homework I could give you, go ahead and read the rest of Acts 16 sometime this week. It's a wonderful, wonderful story of what God can do when despite the circumstances, we go ahead and we praise him because maybe it wasn't about the jailer, maybe it was about his family, maybe it was about who he could reach, right? And I don't know what it is for you. I don't know what that circumstance is. And not all those circumstances are comfortable. You may feel like you're imprisoned in a jail through whatever life has thrown your way. You know, it could be something like an illness that you've been praying about and it's not going away. It's not like a cold. Not every illness is like that, right? It might be the fact that you're helping a person with an illness and you're tired. You're just tired of like the things that you have to do and you need strength from God, right? Maybe things at home aren't perfect, right? We all go through these different things. We have family, and, you know, they're, they're our family forever. We love them, but things may not be perfect, and maybe the, the imperfection may even resist inside of me, right? I legitimately don't know the answers to these questions as to why some of these things might be happening. I know who does, though. I know that we could certainly take time and pray together, and we can worship God together. We can give him thanks for what he has done because it's so easy to get lost in some of those challenges. It really is. And it, it may not feel right, but when we worship together, when we assemble here at 1030, either here or online, and if you're online, pay us a visit. We're at the theater. It's a fun place. We've got popcorn. But when we have the chance to get here and worship together, we can encourage one another. We can see our spiritual family. We can interact. We could be encouraged to continue walking in the path that God has for us, irrespective of what those circumstances happen to be. Okay? The second point is worshiping with our spiritual family. Church, can we do that? Can we do that this summer? All right. Cool. All right. I gave you two. I got to give you three. And then I know you want to eat something on Austin Street for sure, right? So the, the third, it, it, it sounds so simple. I really, 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 really want you to do this. It's to pray about everything. Church, can you just say everything? everything. Can you say that louder so they can hear you on the video? They can't hear you on the video everything. The biggest mistakes I've ever made is when I tried to do God's job. I, I'm a horrible God impersonator. I really am. I'm trying, but you know, what, what was that expression? Your arms are too short to box with God. I, I can't reach the way that God does, but I would try to help. I try to do things that I really should have left with the Lord. But what did the Bible tell us to do instead of just trying to do it all? Try to be that, that, that super soldier, have an S on our chest like Superman, right? It says in Philippians 4, 6, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him 
for all he has done. We're talking about habits, church, right? Worrying can be a habit. My name is Rob Wright. I'm an official worry habit person for a long time, okay? Uh, that means if you're worrying and you have the worry habit, you're shouldering that burden that you're not meant to carry. There's another habit. It's called the prayer habit, right? Pray about everything. It's you let the burden go and you give it to God, right? But re remember, you know, you can't receive with a closed fist. You, you have to open your hand. You have to let it go and give it to God because you weren't meant to live with that stress. Stress is one of the number one causes of diseases. It impacts us mentally. It impacts us physically. Stress is bad. We know this, right? But God never designed us to carry burdens. He designed us to be in, communi uh, in community with him, to talk to him on a regular basis. And, you know, it's not just talking and saying, God, here's my burdens. I feel like I'm in a prison. It also tells us in the verse to thank God for what he has done. And that may not be easy. We've experienced some tragedies, you know, in our lives. And we pray with people and we don't understand what's going on or why it has happened. And it's a burden. You can get so lost in the burden. But it's so important that irrespective of the burden, we have to give God praise. It's part of his formula for us so that we can be relieved of that burden that is on our heart. You know, if you don't know what to thank him for, why don't you just thank him for waking you up today? You're here. You're here to hear the message. You're here to, to, to experience whatever God will put in your path, whatever he's preparing you for, right? And there's also an opportunity, by the way, when you pray. It's a really important opportunity. It, it reminds us that we're not alone, right? It reminds us that God is there with us. It, he designed us to be in that relationship with him. It's important that we follow the plan of the person who made us right? Because he wants to walk with you day by day. He made us that promise. And another prayer poem in the book of Psalms. This one is from Psalms 145, verse 18. And what it says is, the Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. It's a prayer of praise, y'all. It was inspired by David, by the way. And if you read about David, you're going to realize, oh, he messed up a lot. Reminds me of me. Okay? He messed up a lot. He was not the perfect person. In fact, if you look at most of the people in the Bible that we call like our biblical heroes, they messed up a lot. Okay? He had many difficult times. And some of the things that he did wrong was from impatience, right? Instead of waiting on the Lord, and it, things don't happen when we want to all the time, he would go ahead and act, and he would go ahead and do the wrong thing. Right? Sometimes we really do need to wait for God to make the next move. But waiting is hard. I'm... I, at work, I tell people, I'm a deliberately impatient person. Yeah, I'm one of those. Um, yeah, I don't like waiting. I really don't like waiting. But you know what? I'm not God, am I, right? If, if I'm waiting on God, I have to wait on God based on his sovereignty and the fact that he is the one that can help me. Not me, right? Now, the other thing about David, just in case maybe you had a, 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 a very difficult past just like David or like myself, um, he was open to God's correction, right? When God identified something to him through those scriptures, he made a correction. He made a change. He didn't just leave things exactly the way they are. So it's a prayer of praise. And, and we have to give God that praise. We have to look for that direction. We have to call on him in spirit and in truth. But we have to be open to that correction. I'm going to leave you with one more verse, right? Hopefully, this is one that you could just memorize with me, right? You could say it 32 times if you'd like to. It comes out of Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians uh, 5, verse 17. 
It says, never stop praying. Can you repeat that, church? Never stop praying? Never stop praying. Never stop praying? Never stop praying. They really can't hear you. I think that one made the video. Stop, man. Is that right? I think so. I think so. All right. Uh, Jesus would spend time teaching the people, right? And he would, you know, we've read through some of those, or hopefully you've read through some of those verses. He would teach the people, and then after he's finished teaching the people, he would go and talk to the apostles and give them some of the deeper meanings of what happened. But what did Jesus do next after that in most cases? He went off and he prayed. Maker of the universe, co-creator of who we are, as the Godhead, he went and prayed all the time. He'd pray without ceasing. That was our command, right? And it's so amazing to, to just think about the gift of salvation, right? It required Jesus to sacrifice, dying for our sins on a cross, right? But what did he do before he went to the cross? He prayed. What did he do with his last breath? He said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. He prayed and I think that's a large part of the resurrection, the fact that he prayed from beginning to the end. He prayed for us in that moment, right? And when you pray, it gives you direct access to God. I remember uh, for Ariana, uh, she used like these videos when she was a child, and one of the songs would say, the prayer is talking to the Lord. He hears every word that you say. He knows your heart. He just wants you to come to him like any parent would and just ask, hey, whatever's on your heart. You get access to God, and you get to pray for yourself. But you know what else you get to do? You get to pray for other people. You get to pray for those that you love. You get to pray for your enemies. You get to pray for anyone because you can be that blessing. You can be that salt of the earth. You could be that one that makes a difference. Maybe there's someone that's praying for you right now, and God sent them to pray for you. You don't know it. Maybe you could return the favor by praying for someone else. When we pray, it's just, it's a selfless act. It demonstrates our love for one another, and it moves us closer to the heart of God. If you remember nothing else about this, please never stop praying. I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. Pull out that connection card for me. You know, it is so important that we have the opportunity to assemble. You can't do that in every country. I know people that are just trying to spread the gospel in countries that are hostile to the thought of Jesus Christ. We have the opportunity to go ahead and learn some of these verses and to, to pray and to do the things that we're talking about, to worship together. You know, if you wanna make a commitment to just learning more and to, to just doing more for five minutes in a day, five minutes I'm asking for, over the amount of time it takes for you to establish a, a, a strong habit, maybe 32 days. Do me a favor, it, where it says prayer request, just write the number 32. That's all you have to do. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray that in that commitment, you know, whether we're talking about coming to church and worshiping together, praying or reading the Bible, whatever the commitment you make, I'm asking just take five minutes in the morning to reflect on that commitment, to pray to God, to just spend that little bit of time with Him. You know, my first habit nowadays is I look at my cell phone. Why? Because I want to hit snooze. But then, you know, I'm starting to flip through and do five minutes is what we're asking for of reflection on whatever it is that commitment is you're going to make today for God. And by the way, if you don't know him, I invite you to know him. Change my life. You can change yours too. It's that simple. Just believe. All you have to do is believe in Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And if you're making that decision for the first time today, I'd like to pray for you. Can you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Father God, I thank you because you are good. 
and you know our hearts, you know our flaws, you know everything about us, Lord. We humbly come before you, and we thank you for your presence. We thank you for the opportunity to pray, to assemble, and just to talk to you, Lord, to know your word, to have that opportunity. Lord, if there's anyone under the sound of my voice that has not made that commitment, Lord, speak to their hearts. Let them say the words, God, I trust you, and make that commitment to believe so that they can be saved as well, dear God. Allow them to experience your presence and just experience your love because they're in need of your love. We all are. I want you to bless each and every person that is here, dear God, so that we can take that message that you put inside of our heart and share it with another person and praise you throughout the summer and to keep our commitments to you. We ask for all these blessings today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.